Hello and a good early morning to you. It is quarter to 5 a.m. in the morning and I'm getting off of work a little bit late. So I didn't have a chance to really wrap up the, um, well, I guess the, the tomatoes that were being thrown at me by the Kenny Pickett people. And hey, let me tell you something. I watched that play a few times over after the game. And uh, that is not just one of the top plays of the year for the Steelers. That is definitely a top 10 play in the NFL this year. I mean, that play was insane, dude. Everything about it. It was clutch. It was right at the end of the game. Pretty much your last chance, you know, to beat um, Baltimore at that point. They had the pass rush all over him. And somehow he rolls out to his left. So he rolls out to his left. And he sees um, a couple of Steelers in the left corner of the end zone. Now, I don't know if he just threw it in that direction and got lucky. It's hard to say, you know. Um, But no matter, you know, that doesn't really matter at this point. He hit um, the running back in stride, who also made a fantastic catch to win the game. But, I mean, you could not put that ball in a better place and it didn't have it there it was a perfect pass you know it didn't have too much mustard on it it was it it was tight you know but it was tight coverage so you had to put a little bit of cheese on that ball and um it was probably the best play that I've seen personally all year in the NFL but I haven't watched a lot of the NFL if you remember my earlier podcast I just really wasn't into it But now I'm into it. I mean, especially after some of the games today. For instance, the um, New York Giants have a chance to um, put the Philadelphia Eagles in a wild card spot in all likelihood. Um, It's unlikely that Dallas is going to lose to Washington, even if they come out flat. You know, even if they don't play their best game. Um, I don't think Dallas will lose to Washington, um, especially if they run... Carson Wentz out there again, which they probably will. So it's going to come down to the Giants and the Eagles, which is a really great rivalry, which I've watched my entire life. And there's been some great and great plays in that rivalry, just as there's been some great plays in the rivalry of the Steelers and the Ravens. And um, the game is in Philly, but they lost today in Philly to the New Orleans Saints. And the, the Eagles just didn't they were never really in this game. They had, I mean, they had a chance at the end, but um, uh, Minshew, Minshew Mania threw a pick six, and that was all she wrote, you know? And speaking of Minshew, um, he had a great run of his own at one point, which is why I'm saying, you know, Kenny Pickett is having a great run. He's making some great plays, But overall, his statistics aren't off the chart. Now, granted, it's his rookie year. So he might get better in his sophomore year or he might have a sophomore slump. It's impossible to say. And I was going to do this podcast on um, Jack Suwinski for the same reason. You know, we don't know if he is going to have a better year in his sophomore year or if he is just going to completely go off the map like so many other baseball players have done. And so many other quarterbacks have done as well. Don't forget, Carson Wentz had an amazing rookie season. He was like 24 touchdowns and three interceptions or something like that. 
Pickett's not even close to that. You know, Pickett is like eight touchdowns, five interceptions or something like that. You know, not even close. So, yes, the one thing I will say about Kenny Pickett is he definitely has a flair for the dramatic. um, Because this is the second week in a row that he had pretty much what you would call a walk-off win in baseball. Uh, The last play of the game. He uh, managed to um, pull out a win for the second week in a row. And for that reason, I mean, there is definitely going to be some fodder this week in Pittsburgh. Last week there was some fodder anyway. But this week was even better. It was against the Ravens. It was in Baltimore, which broke their hearts, you know. You know they wanted to beat the Steelers. It was against the Ravens. It was in Baltimore. And it was a much better play. I mean, this, like I said, this was one of the top plays of the year. And probably one of the top stealer plays over the last several years. I mean, I can't say enough about the play. Um, And again, I I, um, described it to you. I mean, he rolled out. He looked to the corner of the end zone. And he just let it fly, man. And it was right on the money. So it it was a fun day. In the NFL and the Steelers wrapped up the NFL Um, and this is you know like I said I haven't really been into it but I did get to watch a couple good games today Um, the Saints beating the Eagles wasn't a great game but it was entertaining for me because I'm not a big Eagles fan you know I kind of like seeing them um, collapsing as they're doing in fact it would be an epic collapse equal to the Steelers of, uh, I guess maybe it was 2020, the pandemic year, when the Steelers started out 11-0. I think the Eagles might be 12-0, but um, they might have been 12-0 or something this year. But I do know that if they lose next week to the New York Giants and Dallas beats Washington, which should be a pretty easy win, and the Giants today, Giants won like 34 to, and this is a Giants so offense was their biggest question with the Giants. You know, they don't put up a lot of points. Well, today they put up a lot of points. I mean, the defense and Landon Collins had a big touchdown, um, but they ended up putting up over 30 points and easily won by 20 points. So the Giants have a lot of confidence going into this game versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And normally, in the ebb and flow of a season, If you're coming off a big win, you expect a letdown. But the reason I don't expect a letdown in this game, personally, is just because it's the end of the season and it's the Eagles. You know, it's a rivalry. Normally, you'll let down against a different team, like maybe the Carolina Panthers or someone like that. The Atlanta Falcons, you know, somebody that you're just not, you can't get up against playing, you know, or the Jets or something like that. The Jets choked again. Um, The Jets completely collapsed after one of their more promising seasons over the last mm, at least 10, 15 years, right? At least since, um, not Buddy Ryan, but that other Ryan, Rex Ryan, was coach. And that's been quite a while that he's been on TV now. Um, That was the last time the Jets really had decent teams. Um, They had Mark Sanchez back then. And he was never particularly good. But he's another guy, you know. The Jets thought he was going to be the Sanchise. And he ended up really sucking. 
So I'm just saying that. And, you know, I got a lot of hate on Twitter today, and I can take it. You really think I care what people think of me? I mean, I do, first of all, I do this for fun. Second of all, I don't even know any of these people, you know? I got kids, you know? <laughs> like, it's not going to bother me if someone, you know, takes a personal shot at me. Not at all. In fact, I enjoy it. But yeah, there was there was definitely flack flying my way today on Twitter after the game. Because, yeah, I was getting on picket. I mean, at one point at the half, he had 42 yards. And then there was another point, even into the fourth quarter, where he just kept putting drives, um, stalling drives, you know, to where they had to get a field goal. And one point they missed a field goal. So, I mean, he just wasn't getting it done, you know. His completion percentage was around 50%, which is not good. And then in the final drive, just like he did last time. Now, keep in mind with these final drives, teams tend to play a little looser. Like, they don't want to give up the big play. So, a lot, and you could, you can't tell me you watch the NFL and you don't realize that the final drives, the, the team usually moves the ball really well because the other team goes into a prevent defense and then they tighten up at the end. So I'm not giving Kenny Pickett credit for those entire drives as being like great drives, but the plays at the end of the game were clutch, you know? He won two games in a row right at the end of the game. So, you know, you got that going on. You got Jack Suwinski with two huge slumps in his rookie year. If they trade Brian Reynolds, either before spring training or at the deadline, this is a paper-thin outfield, I've said, you know. And if Suwinski doesn't pan out, they're in big trouble, you know. Then you're hoping for Connor Joe to pan out. You're hoping for um, the Asian rookie guy that I never remember his name because it sounds too much like Choi. You're hoping that he pans out. At that point, you're playing like Cannon Smith Nigma, you know. At that point, you're playing like Swaggerty, who's been terrible his entire um, minor league career, you know. It could get very thin and very ugly for the Pittsburgh Pirates outfield when they finally trade Brian Reynolds because they just don't have many outfielders. And they really have to draft an outfielder in this upcoming draft. Um, But other than that, you know, um, it's going to be fun, you know. We only have a month and a half until pitchers and catchers report because we are into January at this point and pitchers and catchers report on the 12th. So it's really only like five and a half weeks until that happens. And until that point, we have the Super Bowl. You know, we got the last weekend of football, which the NFL has done a great job of providing parity. And pretty much, you know, teams were... The Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons still had a chance today. The Saints still had a chance today. And the Carolina Panthers still had a chance today, you know. And this is like one weekend to go, I think. So, I mean, you don't want to talk about parity. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars have also come close to clinching their division. And they're 8-8. Eight and eight. So, I mean, you got a lot of parity in that division as well. Um, so there's two divisions where the division leader right now is at 8-8, eight and eight, I believe. Um, you also have um, the NFC East, which ended up being really good. So I'm going to say that they're the best division in football this year. 
because you have the Birds, you have Dallas, and then you have the Giants really coming on strong at the end of the year. And Washington, I believe, if they've been eliminated, it just happened today. So that's the best division. The Steelers division is another parody division, and you wouldn't expect it, but um, Cincinnati lost a decent amount of games this year, even though they've had a very, very good season, and they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. Um, Baltimore has really shit the bed to end the season. Um, The Steelers have come on, and the Browns have come on slightly. So, I mean, that's that's another tight division. There's just so much parody in the NFL, and it just goes to show you how bad and how pathetic and how just tough to watch Major League Baseball is now when you have teams like the Pirates and the A's and the Reds and the Marlins and I could just keep on naming teams that aren't even going to have a a snowball's chance in hell next year and the NFL every team has a chance except maybe Houston this year they didn't really have a chance but every other team had a chance Because other than Houston, I think Atlanta was the only other team that was, you know, like their over-under and wins was like four and a half to start the year. I remember because I thought about betting the over. And it would have barely come through because the Falcons still only have five wins. And it looked like it was going to come through a lot easier. But the Falcons shit the bed like they usually do to end the year. Um, The Finally, the um, San Diego Chargers have clinched the playoff spot. And it's been a a few years coming for them to where they had good teams, but they couldn't quite put it together. And this year, they finally put it together. So San Diego's in the playoffs. The Giants are in the playoffs. It's been a long time coming for the Giants. In fact, they had the worst record in football over the past five years. But finally, you know, some of those number one picks started to pan out. And finally, their quarterback started to get a little better. Um, with a better offensive line and just, you know, being in the league a little bit longer. And, you know, we'll see if that happens with the Pirates, if they get enough number one picks to ever be um, that third wild card. I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but I've said this before. They have the number one pick this year, and if they do the same strategy as they did before, they might get three guys out of this draft. They probably get one, maybe two out of last draft, and they might get three out of another draft. So they might, you know, they might just shave their nuts just close enough to win that third wild card one of these years. Um, So you got the NFL, you got baseball. I mean, it was the same hot stove as it's always been, but it was way worse with teams like San Diego in, in the baseball end and teams like Philly in the baseball end and teams like the New York Mets on the baseball end and teams like um, the Braves signing their own guys and also going out and signing guys. Teams like the Cardinals really, really, really stretching their dominance out in that um, central division. So again, like I said, the NFC East was the best, um, the best division in football. The NFC, um, the NL East is the best division in baseball next year. And the only one that comes close, I believe, might be, um, well, the NL West is going to be good and the AL East should be decent. But the NL East is going to have the Phillies, who made the the Super Bowl, the, the World Series. The Braves, who won the World Series two years ago. 
and the Mets, who just keep going on signing everybody, right? So those three teams are going to be good. And Miami really has no shot. And Washington's even worse than Miami. But even having said that, I think those are probably the three best. um, That's probably the best division in baseball. And then after that, you have a division with the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. And after that, you have a division with the Yankees, the um, uh, Tampa Bay, um, Toronto, who's very good. And then um, you never know um, when... uh, when the Boston Red Sox are going to put together a good year. They were good just a couple years ago. So I'm really looking forward to the baseball season. But I'm also very thankful that this, is, um, this football season has ended up very strong because I didn't, I didn't watch one down of college football, right? So, I, you know, I guess I missed some good games. It's just not what I do, you know. I haven't watched one puck drop this year. And I haven't watched one NBA three-pointer yet this year. I may have watched like a little bit of college basketball, but I really don't tune in until late February and then all throughout March as much as I can to watch college basketball. Because I I like to bet a lot of the tournament. It's just so much fun betting the tournament, especially when you have multiple games going on. So even though we are heading into the dead of winter, and after this week, believe me, from mid-January to mid-February, it's the dead of winter, man. It's dark out all the time. It's snowing. It's cold. You know, baseball hasn't started yet. And then as soon as you hit February 12th, you know, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, you have pitchers and catchers report. And you can watch that shit, you know, on um, on TV, like on the MLB, MLB Network. And you could see that Florida weather. And you could just at least start to dream of baseball, you know, of warm weather and the summer sports. I mean, baseball, to me, is the best time of the year. And it's my favorite sport still, even though the league is a fucking joke. It's still my favorite sport. You know, I I love baseball season. I look forward to it every year, whether I'm covering the Pirates or the Phillies. I don't give a shit if it's the Mets, if it's San Diego. It, It doesn't matter to me, man. I just love baseball, you know? And to me, I'm most excited about the Pirates this year, by far, you know? It is a make-or-break year for Ben Sherrington, because he better have Nick Gonzalez playing well. He better damn well have um, a better season by Henry Davis. And he better hope that some of these guys don't shit the bed, like Jack Suwinski and Rodolfo Castro. Because those guys strike out a ton, you know? And they do not have the amazing gifts that O'Neill Cruz has. And even though I love now, Rodolfo Castro's a dope, you know, I don't I don't care if he you know, if he fails. But I mean, you gotta root for a guy like um, Jack Suwinski. Because I wanted to put a little Jack Suwinski into this podcast. You gotta root for a guy like that. Great family great work ethic, always wanted to be a major league baseball player. You know, it's been his dream. He has a dream rookie season as far as he led the league in home runs for rookies uh, all the way up until the all-star break. So you really want to see that guy succeed. But I'm just telling you, and you could throw tomatoes at me for this too, but I'm just telling you how it is. 
There's no guarantees that Jack Sawinski is going to have a good second year. There's no guarantees that Kenny Pickett is going to have a good second year. It just, and that's why I try to, you know, not get caught up with the moment. I try to just look at the stats, you know. Jack Sawinski, his stats were good, but he batted 202. He had two slumps where he was close to 0 for 30. He struck out 40% of the time. And, you know, a lot of his home runs, three of them were in one game. One of them was against the catcher for St. Louis. And a lot of them were in that first half of the season. So you have no idea what Jack Sawinski is going to do next year. And you also have no idea what Kenny Pickett's going to do next year. So you could you could hate on me all you want. You don't have to follow me on Twitter. I think there was at least like 40 or 50 um, Kenny Pickett fans that unfriended me over the course of one ball game, <laughs> you know. And that's just how, you know, people take shit personally. I don't take it personally, man. I mean, you can like me, you can hate me. I just appreciate you listening to the podcast. So I have just arrived home and it's 5.10 in the morning. So I'm going to be sleeping in today. Peace out.